0: The programmatic is set it, forget it, and, and and collect. The sponsorships where you're actually doing host reds, you know, they're work. You, know, you have to work to make sure you keep the sponsor uh, happy. But one of the models of earning money that I really like is donations. You're listening to Podcast Insider, hosted by Mike Dell, Todd Cochran, and Mackenzie Bennett from the Blueberry team. Bringing you weekly insights, advice, and insider tips and tricks to help you start grow and thrive through podcasting with all the support of your team here at blueberry podcasting welcome let's dive in this is todd cochran ceo and co-founder of blueberry podcasting
1: and i'm mackenzie bennett marketing
0: specialist here at blueberry today we are going over some ways that you can monetize your show So, Mackenzie, today we're going to talk about ways to monetize your show. And to be honest with you, I think that that is a huge, huge, huge laundry list of of potential options.
1: Oh, yeah. And in the show notes that Mike and I were creating for this episode, it's it's very laid out of there are a multitude of ways to monetize your show and you can really get as detailed as you want with it. But honestly, a quick explanation from you of how Blueberry started might give people better insight into, you know, how we've come up with this list as well, because you've been doing this for quite some time.
0: You know, when I first started my podcast, it was expensive. There was no hosting companies and I was spending well over $500 a month to keep my show online. And uh, my wife basically, uh, you know, shook her finger in front of my face. and so you got to figure out how to monetize your show in a couple of years or, you know, she was going to put the kabosh on it. So I, I really worked hard to, to monetize the show in the beginning. And actually, you know, what really kicked it off was a book deal. I got a book deal and, and actually got an advance. And then an advertiser came to the show and was able to do one of the first advertising deals. But at the same time, that led to the ideas that actually allowed the formation of the company. But in the monetization piece for me, in those early days was important because it was very, again, very expensive. We just had to do it on our own. there was, there was no hosting companies. Now today, everyone just uh, has a very small hosting bill, and uh, it, it's pretty amazing that you can get started literally for nothing these days uh, doing a podcast. But making money is always comes up in creators' discussions with us. So today, I think we want to talk about advertising value for value, donations, talk about premium content, talk about selling your own stuff and of course passive income, but you know, the big thing everyone automatically thinks about is is advertising. So there's a, there's a few a few components to the advertising piece that people can go after, but again, it's about staging and timing and how big your audience is. There's lots of factors into deciding when to start advertising.
1: That's always the easy one that people understand right away. They know uh, if there's an ad in a show, that is how people are making money. One of the ways that you can do that is through a sponsorship with said company directly. A lot of the time, you know, people will be able to reach out to a company, typically smaller, and negotiate that themselves if they feel comfortable. But we also have programmatic advertising and the way that people can just join an ad network to completely bypass negotiating all of those details for themselves and just reaping the benefits of
0: it. I think with the Programmatic, I like it a lot because anyone can do it at any time. They can just turn it on. It feels safe. And if they decide they don't want to participate anymore, they just turn it off. It's really that simple. It's a, it's, it's a simple flip a switch and it's on and operating. Although on the Programmatic, I will say that if you're going to run Programmatic specifically with Blueberry, the longer you're on, the higher the CPMs or the higher the pay rate seems to be uh, because they learn your content, learn your your cadence. Uh, the computers kind of learn um, more about your show. And it is it is truly programmatic being that no human is really involved. The computer places the ad at really by the second. And usually that's uh, about an 80% fill rate. Whereas a, a sponsorship that may have come from maybe someone listened to your show or you've made this connection, those are typically host-read ad endorsements of some sort. And again, they have specific time periods and specific pay rates depending on oftentimes your audience size. So stats are a factor really in almost any type of ad deal. But if you can build a significant audience, the sponsorships and ad deals that are more host-read those can be very lucrative and you can do very well with those.
1: The stats about the advertisements always show that those work better too. So not only is it more enjoyable for the audience, but it's more successful for the advertiser as well because it's not an awkward progressive auto insurance drop in the middle of an episode about you know something, something fun and not, not what you're looking for.
0: Yeah, currently our programmatic is only running pre-roll and post-roll. We may introduce the ability to turn on mid-roll at some point, but right now uh, the advertising we provide programmatically is again only pre-roll, mostly pre-roll and a little bit post-roll. So the you know advertising in that sense the programmatic is set it forget it and and, and collect. The sponsorships where you're actually doing host reds, you know, they're work. You know, you have to work to make sure you keep the sponsor uh, happy. But one of the models of earning money that I really like is donations. And I've been running donations on my show from the very, very beginning through a simple PayPal link on my website where people can donate to the show. I always tell them you can donate two, five, 10, 15, 20, $25 a month to support the show and help me keep the show online and over the years, I've built a significant number of folks that come in and do a monthly PayPal contribution. And $2 might not be a lot, but when you have 100 people doing $2 a month, it can add up. So I like the ability for folks to be able to donate to the show and other folks do different things. They do Cash App or Venmo or Patreon. Buy me a coffee.
1: Yeah, you've always been very gracious about any any amount that you have been given over the years, say, you know, you're just, you're really interested in that interaction, the engagement and the the monetary value of it is just a bonus really.
0: And it ties into what we covered in last week's show about value for value. And if we think about value for value, if, if you're giving value to the audience, and let's say they pick up a nugget, one thing from your episode that's like, wow, that was good. And you store that away, that, that was worth something. And, and the value for value model, whether they're giving a donation through PayPal or Patreon or however they're giving it or giving it through the ability to use some of the podcasting 2.0 stuff and doing an instant donation through an app. The idea that your audience is giving back for the value you're giving them really goes a long ways. And it also builds upon the model of if you do the work and put in good content and they appreciate it, then you get the value back that way. And again, not everyone is going to make a donation or do value back to the show. A percentage will. And that percentage, again, as you build your audience can be pretty significant.
1: Speaking of building your audience, there are different ways to do that, specifically with the premium content. It's been done for many, many years that you can do ad free episodes, and then some that do have them. It got really popular with Patreon to have specific extra episodes or premium content or the ad free version, you know, whatever you want to call it. But that's another great way to use the same content or the additional content that you might not have shared in the first place. And it's not not necessarily a ton of extra work, just to get a little more out of it.
0: You know, on the premium content side, I, the two models I like best that is not going to cause you a whole bunch of extra work or time is, number one, the early release of an episode. So if you if you make the episode available to members early, and that could be three days, five days, seven days, whatever you decide, if they value the content, members could then get the content early and then non-members get it, uh, let's say, a week later. That is really no more work on your part. It's the same content. A little more work is the ad-free version of the show, like you mentioned, where you just basically, the members, they get no ads whatsoever. They get what I would call a completely clean non-commercial show, whereas those that are not members or paying for the premium content, they get the ones with the ads in it. The models where you have to create bonus content or extended content, that really adds more work to your, to your workload. And you have to really think about this. If your audience is not large and you don't have a whole bunch of people paying for premium or being a member, then you may invoke a bunch of work on you that you're getting really monetarily paid very little for. So that's why I like the e- early release of episodes and the ad-free versions is two that are, are the lowest overhead, whereas bonus content and extended content require you to do more work. Of course, with us now having the Apple Premium Integrated where you can publish a premium episode in Blueberry, we, we've lowered that barrier. Where you, if you want to do an early release through Apple Premium, you just set the date upon which that medium goes public, and it's really the same post. The post goes out, goes to your premium members first, and then whatever date you set for that early release to go on the public side, and it's 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 a one and done type of uh, really interaction. amazing. Yeah,
1: to see how easy it can be. And to even, you know, start a show like that as well. You can do it all within our platform and find it in Apple right away that way.
0: So really, there's lots of ways to go here on the premium content or release, ad free bonus content or extended content. And again, the first two are the easiest lift. I would hate to promise a bonus episode and only get five people to contribute. As members, you know, that's the scary part. for some. Yeah,
1: those bonus content, the extended, whatever you want to do. I think it's something that people who have been doing this for quite some time and are comfortable doing this and have editing down pat or, you know, a producer, more so of a team. That is when this comes into play. Starting off doing this with your new show or just as a new podcaster,
0: that would be overwhelming, I would imagine. I would think so too. And of course, there's selling your own stuff. I, I like this a lot because selling your own stuff, you do as you want and you can add things as you want. Merch. I, matter of fact, when I ran a merch store, and I don't currently, when I had a merch store, I had one of my fans actually creating t-shirt designs and mugs and lots of different little ideas with logos and stuff. And they put a merch store together for me. I didn't even have to do it. I let them keep a little bit of the percentage of the profits for doing it. And they, they would send me a check once a month for for merch. It's real easy now to set up a merch store. Lots of sites to do so.
1: It's much, much easier than I assume when you were doing it, there are a multitude of companies that do that for you now.
0: Yeah, so it's the merch piece is easy. Now books, you know, I, I think every podcaster... And this is goes beyond making money. But if you think about as you're recording an episode, as you're interviewing people within your topic type, you might actually have every couple of episodes, a chapter for a new book.
1: Yeah, you're just sitting on all of this information in your head that you're sharing with people in ways that not everyone is going to find because not everyone's going to listen to a podcast and that's OK. All of these other mediums are still out there and a book is Definitely a good one to put all of this into.
0: And, you know, I, I laugh because when I wrote my first book on the, well, the only book I've written. When <laughs> I was I about wrote, to ask. Yeah. When I did the book on podcasting, the do it yourself, podcasting, the do it yourself guide. When I was approached, I laughed because, you know, I'm not really a, a big writer and thank God now for Grammarly. But it is one of those situations where books will write themselves once you've written the outline. So Your outline itself is almost your each podcast episode. You've got enough information within each podcast episode to add a few lines to your outline. And once you get an outline written and it's organized, then the book writes itself from the outline. Yeah, especially if you've been doing show notes like that's super easy. It's super easy. And then you can, you know, if, if you're not an English major like I was not, you can hire a friend to help do copy editing and then Grammarly and definitely help things get in order and then release a book. Of course, there's courses. You can do webinars. You can do events. Really, there's lots of ways of selling your own stuff. And uh, I think every podcaster should be a sponsor of their own show. In other words, you should have something in your show that you're talking about that is really selling your stuff. Now, that might be you. That might be your time. That might be your consulting. It, it really it really is... Um, There's
1: a call to action right? that you need to have in your podcast, whether it is come back next week, go to my blog for this, go interact on my social media so I can get more feedback over there and likes and comments and everything. But yeah, you need, you need to have something to keep them engaged and participating every
0: week. One of the income streams that was really long tail for me was passive income. And what I did was I found an affiliate deal. I really liked on uh, commission junction and it was a company that I used on a regular basis. And I basically would go back and talk about that particular company a lot. And I had a landing page on my website. They said, if you're interested, you know, in this particular company, go to, you know, mywebsite.com forward slash, you know, a name. And if you like them, go ahead and you know, pick up their product. And they could buy through an affiliate marketing plan. They could buy that. And it was a little bit of passive income that I was able to earn on stuff. I was uh, endorsing as a host. And uh, while it didn't make a lot of money, it was, again, a little more of a reoccurring revenue stream for me. And, of course, running ads on your website, too, is another potential. And, again, I don't think that drives as much money to your pocket these days unless you have good traffic to your website. But maybe you have a listener of the show that doesn't have the budget to maybe advertise in the podcast. Well, maybe they would be willing to drop a banner on your website and you promote that in the show say hey don't forget to support one of our underwriters and uh, you know their their banners on the website just uh, click the link to go over to check them out so you can earn money by having ads on the website they're not necessarily tied to a sponsor within your show
1: yeah one of the things we didn't talk about is kind of teaming up with a different podcast and having them run a trailer or vice versa or you know kind of go in on an ad deal together because they might have a much larger audience or you're kind of the one doing them a favor and bringing them in because you know they're just getting started, something like that. That's always a great way to go about it because someone in this scenario probably has a little more authority or reputation out there that is bringing in those numbers for you and is going to just impact whatever monetization that you're doing. Just the more eyes, the more ears, the better with literally any type of advertisement. So that's, a, that's usually an easy way as well.
0: When we um, formed the Tech Podcast Network, there was 13 shows. And the reason we kind of all paired up together was there was some large shows and some small shows. And as a network, we were able to do a ad get an ad buy that we all utilized that all 13 shows were basically sponsored by the same company using the same promo code and everything. And we had enough bulk uh, amongst those first 13 shows to, to be able to attract and keep advertisers. So it may not just be one show that you like. It might be four or five or 10 in your genre where you can do an informal network that may actually turn into something bigger over time. It's always good to align with like-minded shows, especially like-minded content. You're not going to lose listeners to those other shows, but it does give you some additional bargaining power, like Mackenzie said, in any type of sponsorship or deal.
1: Setting those expectations regardless of whatever monetization type that you're doing will probably help you understand your trajectory here. Of, you know, I'm not going to get my hopes up about this or if this goes really well, that's great, but I'm not relying on it to continue whatever I'm doing. A lot of our customers are just hobby podcasters. They're not doing this for their business or any notoriety or, you know, to get super popular and advertising is just just a bonus, maybe to cover their hosting bill or, you know, maybe be able to afford to go to one of these podcast events that they want to, you know, a conference that they want to attend. But getting into it straight away with high expectations to not only cover all of your expenses, but to profit, depending on, you know, how, how big you want your show to be, that can uh, be a little demoralizing.
0: I always say that about 50% of podcasters really have no desire to ever monetize their show. And usually the things that drive people to want to monetize is, yeah, pay the hosting bill. If you have an editor, pay them. Maybe uh, take your partner to dinner money. And as your show grows, maybe that turns into, you know, car payment money or maybe a house payment. And then, you know, some shows are lucky enough to have life changing type of advertising deals. And it also, one thing that we didn't talk about too is that a lot of the advertising is really driven around content. The example I've given for many, many years is we had a neurosurgeon that was reaching about a thousand other neurosurgeons. He made a tremendous amounts of money, five-figure deal, five figures for every episode. Now, those deals don't come around very often, but if you have a highly valuable audience, Um, you can demand significant types of money for uh, reaching those listeners in your show. So the more narrow you are and the higher value that audience is, you don't have to build an audience that has 150,000 people listening to it every episode. You might only need 100 or 1,000 or 10,000. Again, it depends on the audience that you're reaching uh, with the content that you're creating. And also being able to prove the value of those audience members as well as, is, is something you need to build demographics for. And of course, we have the ability for you to do that through our survey system within the stats platform. But again, if you're just here for the fun of it, great. I know many of you are, and money is not the key factor that, that drives you to do your show.
1: Yeah, don't let anything we, we've we discussed here you know, keep you from doing advertising or make you think that you have to be doing it. no rules yeah there are no rules that is one of the things that we that we love about podcasting you can do whatever you want as intense as you want and you know you can give it a try and if you hate it then stop there's no reason to do it if you don't you know have fun and be successful with it
0: all right happy podcasting and uh, hope you pick something up on how to monetize your show thanks thanks for joining us come back next week and in the meantime, head to podcastinsider.com for more information, to subscribe, share, and read our show notes. To check out our latest suite of services and learn how Blueberry can help you leverage your podcast, visit blueberry.com. That's Blueberry without the ease. We couldn't afford the ease.